What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Justin Reichs and Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. Another blockbuster move in the NFL. Nobody is safe. Tyreek Hill. It's traded to the Dolphins. All right, let's break it down. Look, I did a list two days ago, Monday, on the worst offseason so far. I said, the Packers, for me, on Monday were number one. Then I came out on uh, Tuesday and I said, you know what, I probably overreacted because the Packers are in a conference where they can win. They're going to be fine. And although you can make the argument that Devontae Adams is the better overall receiver compared to Tyree Kill, I do not feel that way. I do not think I'm overreacting today about the Chiefs. Tyree Kill was the receiver, was the player on the Chiefs that set them apart from everybody else in the division. And I know, I know they have Travis Kelsey and they have Patrick Mahomes. And those two players are great and probably more value. But my point being that Tyreek Hill, when you look at the teams in their division, when you look at the teams in the AFC, what is truly different about the Chiefs compared to these teams? What is truly different about the Chiefs compared to the Broncos when they had Tyreek Hill? What is truly different about the Chiefs compared to the Raiders when they had Tyreek Hill? Yes, I know Patrick Holmes is probably better than Russell Wilson and he's better than Derek Carr. But that gap wasn't that big. The gap between Russell Wilson and Patrick Holmes isn't that big. The gap between Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey isn't that big. But the gap between Tyreek's speed and Devontae Adams' speed, the gap between Jerry Judy's speed and Tyreek Hill's speed, the gap between making defenses prepare for a specific receiver on your team like they had to for Tyreek Hill, put safeties back deep, leave the middle of the field open for Travis Kelsey. That gap was not close compared to Tyreek Hill and any other receiver in the entire NFL. There are great receivers out there. None of them have the speed of Tyreek Hill. None of them have the deep ball uh, tracking ability of Tyreek Hill. None of them have the connection with Patrick Mahomes. None of them were able to make your safeties play 20 yards deep. Tyreek Hill could. He was the game changer. And now you look at the Chiefs team today. They do not have him. And their offseason just continues to get worse. I try not to overreact to trades. And I try not to overreact to offseasons. But I'm looking at the Chiefs. And I, and I will still say this. This is still their division to lose. But are we really going to be surprised if they struggle this year? I mean, they had a had they had a six to seven week period last year where they were bad, and that was with Tyree Kill. And uses their off season has been terrible, and it's not all their fault. You can't help it that all these other great players, but you get Russell Wilson in the division. The Broncos are not a legit contender. 
you add Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Not to mention, you add Chandler Jones to the Raiders. They re-sign Max Crosby. And now you're looking at the weapons cast for the Chiefs. You can make an argument they are no longer the best weapons cast in their division. Which I would have easily said yes to yesterday, despite the other great weapons in that division. This has been a rough offseason for the Chiefs. Now, looking at the bright side of it, the bright side is you got a lot of draft picks. If you really want a speed guy, you can get a Jameson Williams. You can get a Chris Olave. You can get a Garrett Wilson. You, get, you can get a John Dotson. You can get one of those guys. Now, they're not going to fill the shoes. They're not going to fill the shoes of Tyreek Hill, more than likely. But um, there is still there is still Julio Jones out there on the market. There is still Cole Beasley out there on the market. And I know these guys don't have the speed of Tyreek Hill, but they could, uh, you know, close that gap a little bit compared to what you had with Tyreek Hill. But whew, man, this is a rough one. And I'll be honest with you. This hurts the Chiefs, in my opinion, more than it helps the Dolphins. To me, this move, when I look at the Dolphins, I still don't necessarily view them as playoff contenders. I still don't necessarily view them as Giants. I don't think, I think they're still going to finish behind the Patriots, in my opinion. It's nothing against Tyreek Hill. And, and you guys know, if you've been listening to my podcast for uh, a couple years, all the way back when uh, I was on the ultimate breakdown a couple years ago. You guys know I was a Tua guy over Joe Burrow guy. Now, maybe now, now I, I would probably admit that I was wrong. I, I will admit that I was wrong on that, but I'm still a Tua supporter. I still think he's a good quarterback and they got speed on that offensive side of the ball. And by the way, I was a big Jalen Waddle guy. I was a big Tua guy. I was a big Jalen Waddle guy and I'm a big Tyreek Hill guy. They got speed. They've got weapons. Uh, they've had a good offseason. The reason why I say I don't know if I look at this team and view them as a playoff contender is because I don't think that this move makes the Dolphins better than the Chiefs today. I don't think this move makes the Dolphins better than the Broncos. I don't think this move makes the Dolphins better than the Raiders. I don't think this move makes them better than the Browns without with Deshaun Watson. I don't think this move makes them better uh, than the Ravens. So, I mean, look. They the, the Dolphins got speed, got players. I like Tua. Um, man, this offseason has been absolutely crazy. Big time moves, big time trades, big time, just absolute big time moves everywhere. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady retires on retires, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Chandler Jones. Still some big players out there on the market. Still know what's happening with Baker Mayfield. But, um, you know, you're looking at, um, you're looking at, the Dolphins roster, and it's it's weird because I want I honestly you want to like it, right? Like like you really want to love this Dolphins roster: Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Tua. You want to love it. It's too, it's it's got speed. It's got uh, Tua and Jalen Waddle when they both play together at Alabama. 
you want to like it, but for some reason there's something about it that I just that I just don't see having a successful season this year. I don't know why, because they've got the weapons. I think they've got a good old line. Their defense is good enough, but it's I, I don't know why, but it, it's just something about them. Man, there, there's going to be a lot of teams in that first round looking. I I see. Well, I don't I don't think that James Williams is the best around is the best all around receiver in this draft. I, I do think there's something about him that he's he's just a game changer. He's got a little bit of Tyreek Hill in him. Not quite the speed, obviously, who has quite the speed of Tyreek Hill. But um I, I think that's your best bet, probably. Alright. Um yesterday, Malik Willis had his pro day. Looked very good. Got a huge arm, athletic. But look, and by the way, I am not like set in stone. Like, like I feel like every year you have arguments over who's the number one, like who's number one quarterback, who's not. Typically, the number one's pretty clear. Like last year, number one was Trevor Lawrence, and then the argument was who's better. Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. I was Justin Fields over Zach Wilson guy. But they both had high ceilings. And this year, I'm not like set in stone on any prospect. But I will say this. Marlon Humphrey tweeted this. Um, and and I, by the, I think there was a lot of I think there's a lot of truth to this statement, and let me just say this before I read this. This has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that it's Malik Willis, because I think Malik Willis's tape is very good. I think his skills are very good. And the um, truth is, whether it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, both had their pro days in the past, uh, both had their pro days in the past two days, if I had to decide between those guys, I'd probably take Malik Willis. But um, here's what it tweets. It said, do quarterbacks ever have a bad pro day or combine? I don't know why we act like it's amazing every year that they can throw a football. Now, pretty blunt about it. I'll be honest with you. I completely agree. I completely agree with the statement. I feel like every year you see a quarterback... Whether it's that amazing throw that Trevor Lawrence made last year. And they are amazing throws, okay? But to me, it's the equivalent of watching, you know, a three-point specialist in the NBA on garden and, you know, in street clothes to pull up to a gym and start draining threes. It's impressive. The average person off the street couldn't do it, obviously. I couldn't do that, obviously. But they are going to be professional quarterbacks. And I get the fact that people want to look at the arm strength. You could tell someone's arm strength. Someone might have a have a weak arm. Something like that. But you got to understand what these pro days. People are in their street clothes. They're with their number one targets. They're working on the routes. It's just like backyard football. It doesn't mean that the throws they're making aren't impressive. But to me, it I mean, okay, look. 
If you had two quarterback prospects and you couldn't decide between two of them, you're looking at a tape, they're pretty even, okay? Then you go, they're both for pro days, and one bombs at the pro day, and the other one has a terrific pro day. I totally understand why that might come into play. But to me, if you're looking at two quarterbacks, and one says the tape's better, they're athletically better, but one had a better pro day, had a smoother pro day, to me, that'd be crazy if you're making decisions that way. And I'm not saying that people are, but I think this is where we get so caught up in the pro day. It's the social media thing. Someone makes a 70-yard throw. I mean, can we be honest about this? We all know Patrick Mahomes is a cannon. How many times... Have you seen, whether you're scrolling through Reels, scrolling through TikTok, or maybe even through Shorts on YouTube, have you seen, if you follow any sort of sports thing on, on, on social media, have you seen that Patrick Mahomes pregame throw on that one Monday night game where he threw it, I think it was 70 yards or something like that? It was impressive. But that's just what social media is about. And I'm not criticizing it, but that's just what it's about. And so that's why the pro day gets so much hype. Now, I agree with him. You know, the fact that has anyone ever had a bad pro day, it, you know, it, it would be hard to have a better pro day. But um, it's just the reality of, of social media being at the pro day, being at the events. <sighs> All right. Well, with Tyreek Hill on the move, as we talked about earlier, um, there are still some other players on the move. Baker Mayfield, for example, is still floating out there. Jimmy Garoppolo is still floating out there. And I, I prefer, by the way, I, I am so sick of this Jimmy Garoppolo narrative that's out there. That is just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Look, this guy went to Lambeau Field and beat him. You're like, oh, it's the special teams of the defense of the 49ers. Yeah, you're right. They played a huge role in a negative, you know, a hundred degree game and in, in a in a cold night in Lambeau. Let me remind you about this season for Jimmy Garoppolo. This is similar to Derek Carr thing for me. So uh if we all remember the final week of the regular season, I know now that feels like a year ago, but if we all remember the final week of the regular season, the 49ers were playing the Rams, who Tom Brady couldn't beat the Rams. The Cardinals couldn't beat the Rams. The Bengals couldn't beat the Rams. Okay, so you get my point. They're very good. Jimmy Garoppolo was playing them. He he was playing the Rams, and they were down at halftime. I think it was 17-3, to if I'm not mistaken. Remember that final drive? That was all Jimmy Garoppolo. Players... Love Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you're the 49ers, and, and the narrative of the Chargers is crazy, is that I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo outduel great quarterbacks. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo carry his team. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo make unbelievable throws. People love Jimmy Garoppolo. Players love Jimmy Garoppolo. And I watched Kyle Shanahan... Every offseason, just try to keep getting rid of him. It kind of it kind of makes me wonder what he's doing. People are like, oh, but Kyle Shane is a great coach. I'm not disputing that. And I'm not going to ever dispute and say that Jimmy Garoppolo is the sole reason for that team having success. But uh, come on. All the great quarterbacks have some 
something around them, a person, a player, possibly both, that's helping them. Peyton Manning's final year, he had a great defense. Uh, Russell Wilson, for a big part of his career, had the Legion of Boom. Patrick Holmes is Andy Reid. He had Tyreek Hill. Great weapons cast. Tom Brady had Bill Belichick. Matthew Stafford couldn't succeed, and that's not a shot at him because I totally understand why he struggled in Detroit. I don't think any quarterback would have had success, but he didn't succeed until he came to Sean McVay with the great defense and the great weapons. This argument of, oh, the weapons are carrying Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think it's a valid one. I I think it totally makes sense. Yeah, did he benefit from it? Yeah, because it's a team game. But did they ever benefit with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, they did. Look, to me, the difference between signing Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I'm looking at Trey Lance's ceiling, and it's like it's like skyrocket, right? He can move. He's got a rocket arm. Once he develops, he's going to be a problem. But I'm looking at the 49ers, and I'm looking at Kyle Shanahan, and I, and I think something they have to think about Severely, severely is, do we really want to get rid of the quarterback that has taken us to a Super Bowl, taken us to an NFC Championship in two of the last three years? Do we really want to move on from the quarterback that has absolutely dominated the Rams outside of the NFC Championship game, which had a 10-point lead-in going into the fourth quarter? Do we want to get rid of the quarterback that just has no concern when there's two minutes left on the clock and just has ice water in his veins? Look, it's the 49ers' choice, obviously. The 49ers clearly feel they invested a lot into Trey Lance, and they did. And I like Trey Lance. And like I said, when he develops, he's going to be a problem. But... um, Look, if I was a team, like if I were the Colts, I would have spent an arm and a leg for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a proven winner. That's something that you don't see a lot. You're like, oh, but the talent. Listen. And by the way, that wasn't, I like Matt Ryan. I think that's a good move. But we get too caught up in, if he can't run a 4-3 as a quarterback, and if he can't throw it from one end zone to the other end zone, then he's not athletically gifted enough, and therefore we have to move on and find the next quarterback. Sometimes it is the case. You feel limited by your quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is not someone you have to feel limited by. No, he can't run like Lamar Jackson. No, he can't throw it as far as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not as accurate as Drew Brees, but come on. To me, it doesn't matter if you don't have all those things when your record proves you're a winner. Do you realize to make it to an NFC championship, what the 49ers had to do? The 49ers had to go to Lambeau and beat Green Bay. The 49ers had a 10-point lead in the NFC championship. They look. They probably they need a lot of these leads, obviously, but they had a, a significant lead on the Chiefs in that Super Bowl. 
If the 49ers win that Super Bowl, do you realize the different ways we look at Jimmy Garoppolo today and how we look at Patrick Holmes? And I and I love Trey Lance, and I think he's going to ball out. But if I'm a team looking for a quarterback, I would not be scared to pull the trigger one bit on Jimmy Garoppolo. Just my point. All right, well... Another crazy day in the NFL. We still have to see where Baker goes. Still have to see where Jimmy Garoppolo goes. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Um, and one more thing before you go. I'd just like to read a quick verse um, out of the Bible. This comes from Luke 16, verse 19. Says there was a, this is Jesus talking. He says, There's a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair chumsleys every day. But there's a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of swords, who had laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his swords, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angel to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom, and then he cried out and said, Father Abraham, mercy on me. And I it said, Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this between us, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass us. That he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send into my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this blessed torment. Abraham said to them, They are Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither they will be persuaded through one rise from the dead. Now you might be like, oh, why are you telling me this? I'm listening to a sports podcast. Before you turn this off, just hear me out on this. Let me ask you a question. We all today have a standing point on where we put God in our lives. We all do. Either you're saved and you're walking with him, born again. Either you just try not to think about him because it scares you or you're an atheist and you say, I don't believe in God. Okay, we all got a standing point. So let me just try to address these here really quick because not that it has to be quick, but if you're an atheist, let me ask you a question. Ray Comfort, that's a great part about this. He says, do you really believe the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything? I mean, look at this earth. Look at it. You've got the sky, the fine-tuning of the universe. You've got food and taste buds and ears and everything that you enjoy about life. Do you really think there wasn't a creator? Or could it be this, if you're listening to this? Could it be that you don't want there to be a God? Because you like God the creator, but you don't like God the judge. And you like the sin that you're living in. You know that there's something that would offend you. You know there's something that says not to do and you do it. And I'm scared that you today, if you're a person like that, 
you might be living like the rich man in the story that you just talked about. This rich man, what did he say? He said something really interesting here. He said, when he said in verse 27, then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, they may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And what did Abraham reply to him? He said, Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no father hear him, but if he goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither they will be persuaded through one rise, though one rise from the dead. What, what is Abraham saying? He's saying, look, the reality is, all these people are like, oh, if I just saw this from God, if I just saw that, I believe it. And the truth is, that's not really the truth. The truth is, many people just wish there wasn't a God. Because they want to live how they want to live. Because you're like, oh, I've sinned. And you don't want to give it up. Okay. Listen, it's your life. If you want to live in sin, it's your choice. I can't choose for you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but come on. The Bible is very clear about what dying in your sin leads to. And that's why Jesus told this illustration. Do you know what I think? I listened to um, a pastor. His name is Adrian Rogers. He said something one time when he was doing a sermon on this. And I think this would be one of the most brutal parts about hell. Which is the fact that you have your memory in hell. The guy remembers his family. The guy remembers everything about him. He remembers his family. This guy can remember all the times that someone pleaded with him to repent of his sins. And he wouldn't do it. Do you know what the point of that story is? What Jesus is trying to get at. He's trying to say. That. This life is not all there is. And when people. Spend their life. Going after riches. And they spend their life. Whatever it is. It doesn't have to be riches for you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's riches. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's fame. Maybe it's power. When you spend your life going after that stuff, it's very clear about where it leads to. And so, the fact that you have your memory in hell, and you could remember all the times, maybe you're listening to this podcast today, you remember all the sermons, you remember all the people praying for you, you remember all the signs you read on the way down. You can remember all the times someone pleaded with you to trust in Christ and repent of your sins, and you didn't do it. You can remember every single time. I know if you're listening to this, now, you say, I don't want to go to hell, what can I do? Well, there is something you can do, very easy. You can't get them by being a good person. 
You can't get to heaven by donate by donating to charity. It doesn't matter how much good stuff you do. You can only get there one way. Jesus said, I've come for the remission of sins. He, when he, maybe, I know you've heard Jesus die on the cross and raised the third day, but maybe you never understood what it means for you. What it could mean for you is when you die, judgment, or when judgment day comes, stand before God. And he says, uh, and, and he goes through all the sins in your life. Believe me, he's got them all recorded. He's got mine too. Goes through all the sins in your life. Because you can't overlook sin because he's a holy guy. He goes through all the sins in your life and he says, you could say your punishment has been paid and you could enter in the kingdom of heaven. Your punishment can be paid. And the only way you can do that is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and repenting of your sins, asking God for forgiveness, confessing them before him and turning from them. Now you're going to fall. Okay. The proverb says the righteous man falls seven times and he rises again. But you're turning from your sin. You're asking God to give you a new heart, a new mind. Change the way you think. Read his word. Dust off your Bible. Start reading it. Because I don't want you to be in hell. I don't want you to think about the time that your mother told you to trust in Christ. The time that you maybe you listened to Red Zone Radio today and I told you to trust in Christ. I don't want you to be there. I really don't. You can trust in Christ and repent of your sins. If you have any questions about God, you can start walking your life with God. You can go for a couple resources I encourage you to check out crossexamine.org or crossexamine. You can type it on YouTube by the name of Frank Turek. Um, terrific. If you got any questions about God, I guarantee you he's got an answer. Um, and then Living Waters uh, by the name of Ray Comfort. It will kind of give you an idea of what today was supposed to be about when I did this. Um, and then also, if you have any other questions, feel free to DM me. Instagram, at redzone underscore radio. Feel complete free to DM me. I'll pray for you, help you, try to help you out as best I can. Um, so feel free to do any of those things. Um, but if you are still listening, I appreciate it. One more thing, I'll just say a quick prayer for you. Dear Father, I ask that whoever is listening to this, that you touch your heart, you convict them with the Holy Spirit, and that you try to reach them and let them know that they need it, that they're in dire need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're still listening, I greatly appreciate it. Have a great day. God bless. And I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.